At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. to the Marty Leeds Mathematical Radio Hour, where we discuss myth, math, spirituality, philosophy, and much, much more. www.thesyncbook.com to speak on what we were talking about earlier about, you know, when we, when I had mentioned earlier about, okay, you, you get into conspiracy theories and then you go through this sort of depression. It's just like, it's really heavy handed. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really hard to deal with. Um, do you think that a lot of people, the reason that they won't confront these things is that they're scared of true evil, you know, like, because really when you get into this, what you do is see evil for it's for, you know, as naked as it can be. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things, at least personally, when I started getting into this, that was one of the things that was really hard to overcome was to realize that there is really true evil in the world and that there really always has been. What, what is your guys' take on that? I, th- I think mm. you might be onto something. It's hard for me to really say because in my experience, I've just never had a fear of that. I've had a lot of fears. I've had a lot of concerns. I've had a lot of things I didn't want to deal with mentally, but that just really hasn't ever been one of them. I've ever always been pretty comfortable uh, with darker stuff uh, without it really affecting me. I guess I can be kind of objective about it. I don't know. It's. It, I guess for me it comes from I used to really love punk music and was anti-authoritarian, and I just kind of came from a basic place of thinking the system was full of crimes already, so it didn't really surprise me to find that there were a lot more than I thought. Um, so I guess it, it, no, it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. But I guess I can see a lot of people not being able to break out of a certain paradigm. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to really deal with the fact that the Vatican is a gold palace with Prada slippered man and gold jewels that could probably feed all the poor people in the country. You don't want to deal with that because the idea of this little, um, you know, section of thought that you're in this little bubble of Catholicism works out better for you. You know, I think that's weak and I think those are crutches and I can't, you know, it's easy for me to say because I've never really dealt with that. But I I think that people just got to get over it. You got to look at everything. Yeah. And I think, I think in a lot of those cases, people are, you know, by being overly concerned with some sort of, you know, malevolent puppet master may be projecting their own neuroses out into the world or their own personal fears or their own personal psychological issues. And, and that doesn't mean that those things aren't there by any means. But why, why is it that, that oftentimes when you get, you know, the people who are the furthest out there, there's just something that doesn't quite compute. You know, there's some, <laughs> there's some, there's yes. something just 
unscrupulous streak that that people have and that's why it's really important to find you know open-minded people that are willing to go to these deep ends uh like you guys are but are still still have all their marbles you know in 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 intact because that's not that's not always the case and you know maybe maybe i'm going off on a bit of a tangent here and i'm i don't mean to diminish anything that we're talking about because i i do think that it's important to talk about and i do think it's important to to push the limits of of you know conversation and knowledge and uh, areas of inquiry. I'm into all of these things, but but I do think that for look at your own shit first. You know, look at your own shit, your own life, what you can control, and make sure you're doing those things first before you go looking for boogeymen in every nook and cranny of the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of boogeymen in every nook and cranny of the universe, what's the most whether that's on your show, somebody that you've personally spoken to, or just something you've investigated yourself, what's the most like out there shit you've ever experienced where you're just, you know, whether you're talking to somebody or watching something, you're just like, Jesus, what the hell am I, you know? Oh, oh, I got one. <laughs> um, just, well, oh my gosh, I don't want to put anybody on blast, you know, that's not really <laughs> the right thing to do. But, um, yeah, sometimes I talk to people that are way, way out there and I'll get like a lot of listeners who come back and they say, dude, that was two hours. That was a waste of my time. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I think of my show as entertainment first. And, you know, if you can extrapolate some value from it secondly, that's awesome. I definitely love to incorporate that. But I feel like entertainment is first. And sometimes that is all you'll get out of a particular guest. Recently, Oh my God. I, uh, <laughs> I had a guest on who is a, a, a long standing member of the conspiracy community, has had a show running for maybe one of the longest, almost a decade. And she interviews a lot of really high level whistleblowers uh, with Project Camelot. Her name is Carrie Cassidy. Um, she's been interviewing this one guy, Mark Richards, from jail. And he has some information that is really tough for me to swallow. And I, I just can't even really believe that someone could really go out and, and kind of talk about some of these things with a straight face. <laughs> I'm being so mean right now, but um, I'm trying to, uh, let me tell you what she said. So Mark Richards, he, he thinks that, and I'm not saying it's not possible, but then 65 million years ago, we think all the dinosaurs died out, but what if this, this uh, intelligent group of raptors actually used <laughs> stolen technology to get off planet? And they went out to the Draco star system for a while, and now... They've made their way back to Earth because Earth is what they consider their home planet. I mean, they came here um, and now the raptors are back and they realize that they have a really negative impression. A lot of people think raptors are scary. So they're using back channels in Hollywood and entertainment companies to try to kind of do a PR campaign for raptors and put raptors more in a positive light. And uh, if you go to see Walking with Dinosaurs, which is, I guess, a, a moving show that's based in Australia, Apparently, according to Mark Richards, which Carrie Cassidy is is you know the mouthpiece for, uh, there are real raptors that are in with the animatronics. So you can actually they're trying to integrate slowly to show humanity that this intelligent race of raptors from 65 million years ago is ready to party. And I did think it was interesting that Jurassic Park is coming up this summer. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, how raptors are portrayed in the movie because if raptors in some way are put into a positive light i'm just gonna lose it if there's one raptor in the movie with like ray-bans on and a leather jacket just like smoking a j just like d- just 
just a cool, just a cool, cool ass raptor, just just down to hang out. That's well, gonna I'll be tell you, some, that's gonna be some, some really, some that's gonna verify the shit for sure. I don't know if it goes that far, but I will say from the trailer, it looks like they've genetically altered some super dinosaur. Uh, that looks like what the movie's gonna be about. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. did see a scene in the trailer where Chris Pratt is on a moped, like speeding through the jungle with raptors almost like he's leading a pack of raptors to go hunt this mega monster thing that would be a really lame movie i'd be pissed if that happened but it would fit so right in with this and i do just want to say like carrie cassidy is a legend in the conspiracy field and i'm so lucky to have had her on the show and i don't want this to be to the detriment of her but that is a tough pill to swallow and when you've spent this much time in the bottom of the rabbit hole I guess anything's possible, but this information is coming from a guy who's in jail and can only get it out through her, and this is the information she's putting out there. You know, it's outside of the realm of possibility in my world, but it is interesting. I got to say it's interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. when, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, no, it was just going to be more shitty raptor jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the furthest out thing that I've dealt with in a long time. How did... How do they build any spaceships with those arms, man? It's not... <laughs> they got little arms. <laughs> so, like Michael, what what about you? Have you you know what have you experienced? Uh, I I definitely don't have anything that can beat that. Yeah, um... there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> what about the Hollow yeah, you... Earth? That's a fun one. Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, on on my show, if if I think it's too far out there, I just don't have it on. You know, I just <laughs> to me, if it's if it's if it's something that I'm like. I don't know about this shit. Like I, I've had a few people reach out that I'm just like, eh, nah, you know, like it's just, right. it's not my thing. It's just, it, I, I can't sit here and have like, if, if I want to have like, a, like an in-depth heart to heart conversation with somebody about something that truly makes them tick. And I go in there with like a preconceived notion that it's all bullshit. I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm just, right. yeah. So <laughs> how much, how much vetting do you guys do for the guests? Honestly, you might not think I do much, but I do weed out a lot of people just like Mike says, but my uh I, my line is just a lot further than his for what I'm willing to <laughs> entertain. Um but I I don't like anything that comes with a Christian angle. I'll pretty much weed those people out just because that's to me that's mind control 101. So if you're coming at me with satanism and uh, you're sourcing everything from the Bible, except for the way you do it and the way like uh, a guy like David Matheson uh, goes and uh, extrapolates things from a biblical code. But these literalists and stuff like that, um, I, I weed that stuff right out. And I'm really not into the fear-mongering. I really don't like chemtrails either. I'm really not into that one. Um, those are the kind of topics I just generally avoid because I think they're kind of eh. I'm not interested in them, but I guess it's that's my barometer. If I'm interested, I'll do the show. Yeah, it, it seems like there's there's a major disconnect for some people in in what in the foundation of where they're basing their knowledge off of. Because for me, the like this is what I like. Just the way my brain works is right away. If if somebody is claiming something, I look at the the cornerstone for this claim. And I go, okay, is, does, does this, does the whole jump off for everything you're saying, first of all, make sense? Because if that's rocky to begin with, I'm like, I'm not there with you, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, maybe I should have like thought of a good example before I said that. But hmm. <laughs> like, like, okay, so for, so Marty, for you, for you, a lot of what you do is based off of this. You know, I, I don't want to like make you regurgitate this whole elevator speech for like the millionth time because you know you always have to explain this to people. I'm sure. But for you, when you started doing your numerological studies with the cipher and and things of that nature for you how did how did you become so certain that you were on to something that you were willing to like go real deep with it um the internal barometer the the mm. the for lack of a better term gnostic revelation michael michael you're a songwriter right you write sure. songs right sure or you at least come up with bass lines and that sort of thing you know when you hit a baseline, right? When you're like, fuck, man, I just nailed it. Right? Mm-hmm. The chorus is coming and I just, you know, like, what's that feeling? Can you name it? No, you can't, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's how I, that's basically how I work, you know? Mm-hmm. And being a songwriter, being, we were talking earlier about creative people feel like they're more fulfilled in life. It's like the more and more that I honed in my, my craft and the more and more I was creative, the more and more that sprang up that feeling that you know that connectivity feeling so and you know when i investigate stuff i i look like like you i look for the cornerstone you know mm-hmm. if that isn't there then what what's the point you know because if mm-hmm. you you know if you don't have that firm foundation then how are you going to build your house so that's that's how i go about it you know yeah and and for me what turned me on to you marty was like regardless of of any of that of the practice you you manage to like manifest these synchronicities you know, you just like manage to find these overlapping patterns and, okay, you know, so not, I, I don't want to stop you here, but so when ahead, we talk ahead. about these subjects when we talk about the conspiratorial angle of the fact that we're talking about astrology, magic, gematria, sacred geometry and things like that. To me, the people that run the world know how this is this is this is how the world works by studying these sort of like occult sciences or whatever, these sort of synchronicities start manifesting in your life. And because this is how the world works, it works using these ancient sciences, holy sciences, you know. And so when I went into this stuff and this stuff started happening, it was like, Oh, well that just makes sense. You know what I mean? It just makes sense that this stuff starts happening because this is what's always been studied whether it's the greeks whether it's the chaldeans whether it's you know that sort of thing and so to me it just it it made sense so when when these things start happening you know like for an example i was on 42 minutes i was there to discuss 11 11 and 11 times 11 is 121 well i was it was the 121st show you know i had no idea they had no idea you know (laughs) so and things like that it's like when you start seeing those things in your life when you start studying these things they they start manifesting all over and so that's why when I studied these things and started, you know, of course, when you get into this, you're studying the occult, you're studying esoterica, you're studying, you know, the secret societies. It's like, okay, well, it just it just makes sense because this is a way that helps you understand connectivity, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah, does. yeah, it, it does. And and I think too that. Okay, so maybe maybe this is a little bit a little bit out there compared to what I've been talking about. You know, when you when you start getting into some of the more kind of philosophies that revolve around being able to manifest certain parts of your reality and like your your kind of internal thoughtscape 
somehow starting to project itself out into the world. I, I, I feel like these are what you're talking about and that really overlap a lot. And then um, there was a guy named uh, Tom Campbell I had on my show who is uh, a physicist, an applied physicist who's worked for NASA. Uh, he's worked for the federal government in like rocket science. And he 100% believes in simulation theory. Like he believes that the model for the universe that is most, most mathematically probable and provable is that everything is a simulation and that the only thing that's real is information. And once you know these things and you know that reality is only a range of possibilities and it's nothing until it's observed and it's manipulated by consciousness, that overlaps directly with what we're talking about. So it's like, it, it's like the whole, the whole quantum principle of, you know, things fundamentally changing once they've been witnessed by consciousness like the whole uh and th this is one that people are probably going to love to like rip me a fucking new one for but the pa the particle wave experiment you guys are familiar with this i'm guessing oh yeah 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 so this is Observer like one of those right right this is one of those things that people love to like call pseudoscience on but so basically tom campbell's contention is that you can't just conveniently say that that mathematical rule only applies on the quantum level. Like his contention is that this really applies on the macro level and it's been demonstrated in some experiments to do so. So therefore, you know, this is the case with everything until it's been observed. It's nothing. And as the observer, you hold some level of power or influence over this thing, as does the rest of, you know, consciousness and the whole consensus and like the whole idea of a consensus reality. So I think all of these things overlap and I'm not sure what I believe on all of this, but it, 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 it does, it does make the hair on the back of my neck stand up mm -hmm. when I'm talking to my friends. Like there's literally a time Marty after not long after having you on where I started looking into the number 33 and I was telling my friends about the number 33 and as we're talking, we're sitting outside at a restaurant, and as we're talking, this police car comes squealing around the corner, and on the side of the car, it says 33. Like, in mid-sentence, and all my friends just, like, we're all just, like, jaw-dropped. Like, you saw that, right? And they're like, yes, you, you saw that? Yes, I saw that. And we're like, what the fuck? Okay, so things like that <laughs> were, there were sort of, like, um, whatever, I don't know, Cairns or something like that along the path of life that told me I was going in the right direction. Like, Greg, when you were saying earlier, like, Hey, I took all the money that and went to San Diego and things like that. Do you mm -hmm. were were there things like this in your life? Synchronicities, little whatever, like mini miracles or whatever the hell you want to call them, that told you you were on the right course. That you said, God, I'm glad I ditched my retail job because <laughs> this and this and this happened. You know what I'm asking? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just really dense. Like uh, when people talk about energies, you know, I usually don't feel them. A lot of this stuff is philosophical and theoretical to me rather than like being to bring it in, being able to bring it into my own life. Like you, I'm kind of jealous of you the way you uh, just kind of live it. Um, to me, it's it's still kind of outside, I guess. But I, when I look back at all the major turning points in my life, I guess, I don't know if it's luck of the draw, but I feel like I have made the right choice every time, every time. I can't really look back and be like, 
man, that didn't work out like almost every time. I've, I've never had a serious thing happen where I ended up in a town I hated, borderline homeless and like just really struggling and miserable. Um, yeah, every choice has kind of worked out. And there are, I don't know, there are I don't tens know. of people listening right now. Be like, Fuck <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But I just I don't I don't know. I I get that. I definitely get that attitude. And I've never been rich by any means. It's never not like I've had everything handed to me, but I've just made choices that have always worked out. And I, and a lot of people I talk to who are like in the OTO or deep into chaos magic or something, they always talk about at the deepest level, all you're really trying to get to is trusting yourself. You know, when you look at uh, Alan Watts oh, talking man, about Zen, good. He talks about all these people coming like, give me the answer, give me the answer. And all they're trying to do is eventually break them down enough or frustrate them enough to realize that they already had it at the beginning. So I think there might be an element of that. I try to think about it that way. Instead of uh, when I have a magic guest, I used to say, you know, I never see the effects of magic in my life. And then somebody wrote me an email and was like, dude, it seems like your life is pretty freaking good. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to change my attitude there and say that there's a ton of magic in my life. Um, I think I think I just you don't just, see it. I think you just stabbed it right in the heart, man. Yeah, I think you I, I think, for like ten years. Right? No, I think <laughs> I, I really think you just stabbed it in the heart with what you just said because I was gonna say something that was about to seem overly dick sucky to you and say like I just think you're a really intelligent dude and you've made really smart choices because I think it shows in in the way that you orchestrate your show, handle your show, even like. There's so many clever things about how you execute your show, but I think Thanks. it. I think in a, in a more truthful way, I think you just nailed it. Is that it's about trusting yourself because I do this thing where I get an idea and I feel like okay, I, I have like a gut reaction where I'm like, this is a good idea, and then I just search for validation all around me, and yes. I want everyone to tell me that it's a good idea, and I want everyone to reinforce that it's a good idea. But really, what I'm doing is like looking for a reason to sabotage myself. Yeah, you know, you gotta and, get and, out and, of your own way. Yes, absolutely. That is what it is. There's a, uh, you know, Kevin Smith, the, the director. I was a big fan of him, but I kind of have out, outgrown his style of comedy. But he's still a great dude. And um, you know, he didn't start smoking weed until just the past few years, maybe six or seven years, like way after he made Mallrats and Clerks. He didn't smoke then. And uh, I remember Joe Rogan, I think, was asking him how the smoking has changed. Has it given him new ideas? Has it opened up a level of creativity he didn't think he had? Uh, you know, because a lot of people like to attribute marijuana to doing that. And he said, I wouldn't say that I get more ideas that I wouldn't have had otherwise, but I would say that I'm, I have more courage to follow through on ideas that my sober mind would tell me were bad. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that nailed it in a real way, because when you're, you know, you're high, you, you're, you're probably more willing to take the risk. You see more comedy and things that that you wouldn't otherwise. It's sometimes when you get sober, you're like, that was goofy and silly. I would never. That was dumb. What, what was I doing? But, you know, I, sometimes uh, a lot of great material comes out of there. Sometimes people get themselves messed up like a lot of the old classic authors uh, were all drunks. And they would get themselves ridiculously wasted and then great, create great material. Sometimes people, to get out of their own way, they have to really mess themselves up, like Hunter S. Thompson. Um, so I think sometimes a lot of this stuff is some type of uh, muse that comes through us when we can get out of our own way. And maybe when I say trust myself on a deeper level, I'm really just trusting some higher self or a, you know ethereal presence or muse to work through me 
without me getting in my own way. Maybe I'm just too dumb to be that cerebral. But, you know, a lot of the intellectuals I know are giving themselves hernias um, by just, you know, putting them, their mind in twisted knots. And uh, I don't know. I, I try not to do that. So, okay, so Greg, since your show's called THZ, and Michael, I yes. know you've had conversations with guys like, you know, Rick Strassman, who obviously yeah. does DMT work, and Dennis McKenna yes. you just had on, which was a great interview, by the way. For sure. Um, I, was, I was wondering, like, what, what role does psychedelics, plant medicines, that sort of thing, marijuana, have, have these been helpful tools in your own life, or with your own philosophical exploration of reality and that sort of thing? What's your take on this? I'll let you go first, Greg. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you know, this is something I've kind of been changing my mind about also when I talk about how psychedelics have worked in my life because there are a lot of people who, you know, psychedelics are very in right now. And people, a lot of people want to be the authority on psychedelics, and I could never be that. I've done most of them, almost all of them that I would consider valuable. Um, and not a lot, though, only just a couple of times. And I would say ecstasy is responsible for the uh, in a big way for the partner I have now, the the lady that is with me, and it and that is perfect. And I don't know if we ever would have broached our friendship without ecstasy. Uh, we we want to say we would because we don't want to attribute our entire relationship to a to a drug experience. But you know that was a catalyst. Um, and then mushrooms. I was trying to do a comedy show when I first started THC, and, and I was at the comedy store condo in La Jolla. And right here in San Diego, it's this condo that the comedy store owns. So when they have big acts come down, they get to stay there. And Ari Shafir, who's a comic, uh, you guys might know, some of the listeners might know, he's in that Joe Rogan crew. Um, he came down to San Diego to do mushrooms, and I found out from somebody. And we were all going to go to the comedy store condo, and, and we did mushrooms. And I just had this feeling. I was like, you know, dude. I, I, the mushrooms were just telling me, you are such a poser right now. What are you doing here? You know, you've been on stage once. Here's some guys who are struggling to be comics. And then here's this other level of three guys who are real professional comics. You don't even fit in this circle, man. And I just eventually was like, guys, I'm going to walk home. And I was just like, I went home and I was like, you got to do something different. You're not going to climb the ranks of comedy uh, that's just not going to be you. And so that was the pivotal moment where my next interview was Michael Tassarion. And I've been doing conspiracy pretty much since, and it's been wildly successful. So I don't do these things a lot, but the two biggest things in my life, my career and my life partner, were both attributed to, psych to drug experiences. And I smoke weed every day. That's, I don't, you know, that's just kind of like uh, you know, fueling the fire. But um, the fire really got started in those two areas from a psychedelic experience. So I have to say they're immensely valuable, at least to me. Yeah, yeah. And psilocybin, man, has a way of just doing that. It shines a light on the preposterousness of everything around you. You know, you like if you're if you're sitting there surrounded by the things you've accumulated and worked for, like televisions and couches and, you know, clothes, you you like you just look at those things and you're like, what? Like everything I've done is for that. Like I've, I've done all those hours of work for that. That's what I did. And you know, it's like, it's, it, it highlights things in almost like a way that you're viewing yourself and your own life from an outside fresh perspective, because that's something we can't do on a daily basis. We're so caught up in our own ego and our own psyche and our own, rat race and momentum that it's very difficult to get outside of yourself and 
see with clear eyes what's going on. But mm-hmm. for somehow that substance has a way of, you know, offering this outside perspective that almost like hits you over the head and is just like, you need to, you need to chill the fuck out on your, on your, on your ego trip a little bit and just it it wakes you up to a lot of the inevitabilities of life and it makes a lot of the inevitabilities of life seem not so bad. Like, like to me, Mm -hmm. like one of the things I, so I, a really awesome quote that I cannot, uh, take responsibility for is that a lot of these things like psychedelics, meditation, float tanks, these things are just death practice. Like these are things (laughs) that, these are things that, you know, wake you up to your ego, your mortality, uh, your, your temporary nature. And they, they can be scary, but they can also be kind of like liberating in a weird way where it's like, okay, like I can, I can kind of see in a weird way what it would be like to not really be here anymore. And it'd be okay. (laughs) And that Mm -hmm. sounds more, and that sounds morbid, but it's also extremely freeing. Yeah. You You know what I mean? Experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've never, I've never had one of these like through the threshold chrysanthemum DMT trips where I saw the crystalline structure of like the universe or my internal space or whatever behind the veil, whatever it is. I haven't had that experience. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to, to be some sort of guru, but I've, I've had a, a few, a few personal epiphanies. What about you, Marty? It's almost like uh, the psychedelics help you understand that life is preparing, is is one death preparation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've I've experienced them a lot and they've been helpful, you know. Um, Actually, I can't say a lot, but when I was younger, I mean, there was a point where it switched from recreational to there was a lot of intent. Like I don't mm-hmm. like I don't do it anymore, and if I do, there's an intention. It's got to be the right place. It's got to be the right time. That sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I treat them. Um, I think it was Alan Green said it's like hey, if you're gonna do them, you know, just like if you're gonna operate a table saw, man, you know, you got to make sure that you're you you know what you're dealing with here. You know, you can cut mm-hmm. off a finger. You got to make sure that you when you go in that you're prepared and you know what you're going in for. That sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's been um, the quintessential for um, many ass uh, many things in my life. But I will also say that um, uh, so many people, like you were saying, it's kind of like a, it's hip now. A lot of people talk about it, especially in like a spiritual context. But I don't really look at it in that way. You know, they've been helpful tools, but I don't get my, like my spirituality from them, if you will. You know. Yeah. You know. Agreed. Would you guys? Would you guys? Or, or I guess have you guys ever gone down on like a pilgrimage trip to South America or anything? I have not. No, 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 not yet. I've done DMT once and it was okay. Um, but I've never really done any, any kind of pilgrimage. It's on my list of things to do. It's definitely on the bucket list of experiences that I want to have that Peru journey. Uh, but it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm on the same page, man. I, I think ever since kind of hearing about it and just how impactful it seems to be on so many people that are so intelligent, you know, it'd be one thing if this was coming from some like, you know, hippy dippy, like source. But like when you see certain people like, you know, these kind of like alpha male type figures, like an Aubrey Marcus or something having like a totally transformative life trajectory altering experience, it it kind of, it it really kind of perked my ears up and got me doing 
more research and, and changing my mind about things. Michael, you just said that you would, you, you just, I think you recently just went into a sensory deprivation tank, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Greg, um, have you tried that? Yeah, I have. And what, I also, what's, yeah. What's your experience with this guys? I'd say it was okay. I just, I listened to Joe Rogan talk about it. Like it's this whole big experience and maybe it's because I'm not the best meditator. I'm just dense with those things. Energies, feeling energies, feeling magic, uh, being able to meditate. I, they, I don't know. They just don't do a whole lot for me. It was very relaxing and a very cool, surreal, odd experience that I liked and I, I will do again. But, um, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like training wheels for meditation, or at least that's mm-hmm. how I think I'm going to be using it. It's like uh, easier to not get distracted when there are there's literally a blank blank canvas in front of all your senses. I agree with you, Greg. Like for me, I didn't have any kind of you know huge breakthrough experience um, my first time in the tank, but I did get this kind of overwhelming feeling. Honestly, it was a feeling of disappointment because I went in there knowing that I was going to be grappling with my mind and just my my normal recursive thought loops and whatever garbage was rattling around in my head and I just could not break through that. I spent basically the whole hour just being kind of you know you're anxious about the experience, you're yeah. anxious about your comfort level, you're you're worrying that you're doing something wrong and then all these things just kind of contribute to keeping you in that state and I just came out realizing how much of a novice I was and how <laughs> how long of a way I have to go to really get my mind and thoughts under control and I think and I think that's just where the learning curve comes into play you know I would I would definitely like to have access to one more regularly to see if I could start using it as more of a tool to kind of control my mind uh, get into like more meditative states and see what happens from there but I definitely have not been able to accomplish that yet so you guys just did it once each, right? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Once for me too. Yeah. Cause the first time I did it, it was kind of nerve wracking because I went, it was in this guy's house. It wasn't in, you know, it wasn't like a, a spa or anything like that, you know? So it was in this guy's house. So I was like walking to this guy's house to go sit in his fucking coffin in his back room. And you know, it was, it was kind of nerve wracking that way. And so the first experience I had was kind of iffy, but, um, after, cause I used to do it for maybe two, three times a month. Um, for a while. And it was, I mean, it was so influential. It it eventually, um, like the first time I ever had like a real out of body, excuse me, out of body experience was actually there. Um, the, there was like this thing of jet of water that tells you that you're done. And so I was sitting there and I was just getting lost in my mind for about, you know, almost an hour. And all of a sudden the the water sprayed and I like got up right away because I was kind of like jolted. And it, I felt like the energy came right back into my body right away. It was the first time I felt like I was literally just out of my body. It was it, awesome. it, absolutely amazing experience. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally get what you guys are saying because the first time I did it, it was just, there was, I, there was so much on my mind. I wasn't sure what to expect. I had a lot of ex- expectations going in and that sort of thing. But after that, once I got comfortable with it, it's, it's, cause I, I'm not, I can't meditate either. I have a really hard time with it. I, I, you know, 20 minutes here and there. Okay. But you know, when I went into the, the tank, that's when, you know, you know, the pedal to the metal, really. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think I need a teacher, man. I think I need somebody who's like can take a just raw person that has grown up on a lifetime of shitty music videos and video games and songs on the radio and just wade through all of that garbage that I just have <laughs> still to this day in my head. I just. 
You know, the, the cliches about the stupidest songs you haven't heard in a 15 years just getting into your brain. I, I, I truly believe I've just consumed way too much garbage media and information in my mind and still continue to do so. And and I think that it, it's just like there's a it's like there's a stack of garbage in front of a door. And it's just like I, I get to the door and I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with this stack of garbage right now. Like that, that's that's really what it's like, and I need somebody to, who just knows how to do like do a proper deep cleaning on my mind. I need somebody mm-hmm. who's just going to guide me through it. I think. Yeah, you know, you're the only person that can do that, right? I, I think you're right. I think, at the, I, I think at the end of the day, you're right. But if I had, see, here's another here's another insight into the way my brain works. I can sit there and do some sort of meditation based off of some pattern of breathing and just sit there and think I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. Like I just, I convince myself that I'm doing it wrong. And then the timer is up and I'm like, I didn't accomplish anything. You know, I need, I need someone to tell me you're doing it right. This is what you need to do. Just do this and you'll be fine. And if I, if I have somebody I trust, tell me that I think that's all I need. (laughs) I get, I get that man. Um, I just, I think Marty's right. Obviously you're the only one who can really do it. And, you know, like I said, I've never really had a, a lot of a lot of hard times and I've kind of just trusted myself. I think an, a part of that, another part of that is I've never looked for an authority. I don't think I'm the smartest guy on earth. My God, of course not. But I've never really looked for any kind of authority. I, I just don't know how else to say it. It goes back to Alan Watson, the Zen master. You know, people go to him uh, and they're like, you know, give me that answer and he'll give you everything but until finally you've exhausted all other options than to just be enlightened. And you could have got there from day one, but it could also take you 50 years if you want to make it hard for yourself. And the ego likes to do that. Um, I just, and again, with not, you got me all self-conscious about, um, about saying that I've had no struggles. I don't want to brag or be conceited. It's just that I know how serious other people have struggled. You know, I see how bad life can get. And I would never want to say that the hard times I've had are anything close to that. I mean, you know, we got food, water, toilets, video games. We've never been left wanting. We've just living an average life in America is living better than any Egyptian king, less gold, but a lot more of everything else. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, I guess I would ask you what you're looking for. You know, the idea of, of needing an authority or needing to clear out your brain, like, I mean, you know, you're probably already there. You just don't know it. But there's this always this ego to, ego thing that's like, oh, I need to like get something that I'm missing or I need to uh, find the answer. And it's like it really is in there. It really is in there somewhere. I, I think you're 100 percent right. But I think it's sort of like that the old like Robert Anton Wilson idea of the chapel perilous where it's like, you you begin the whole thing with everything and all the answers, but until you you go through and destroy everything and then come out on the other side, you don't you don't have the proper context to recognize it, to to recognize those answers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I almost feel like I just need more experiences, uh, in the form of just general life experiences. You know, like travel and you know trying different practices out or meeting different people or whatever it is. And I I don't know, I I do, I do have a deep, deep 
feeling that I'm just not there yet. And I can't put my finger on why or what that is, but that's sure fine. I'm, I'm sure you're right, man. I'm sure Go you're with right. Your feelings, man. If you have a feeling that you're not there yet, then you're just not, it's, you're working on it. You know, go with your feelings. Um, eventually, you'll have a feeling that, okay, this is going to be a pivotal moment. And I I don't know. That's probably how it'll work out. <laughs> you guys are both really humble guys. How I, I would say in my own like life and success and things like that, finding my humility was fucking key to yeah. doing anything. Like, do you guys agree with that with your own lives? I, 100%. 100%. I try yeah. to be super humble. I've gotten really lucky and I'm... I'm only in the first year of actually enjoying um, most almost every hour of the day, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely tough. I try to, I want to bring as many people over here as I can, and it's hard to do that without talking about how good things are. But then it's hard to do that um, with the right words and phrases to not sound conceited. But I'm I'm trying to be like you know, hop in. The water is fine. I know it sounds so scary. But, you know, the opportunities are there more than they ever have been for a lower, lower barrier of entry than they ever have have had. And you got to take advantage of it because a lot of people on this planet are going to. And when you're if you don't know the Internet, it's not going away. So are you going to be a 60 year old person who doesn't know how to make a website? Maybe. Maybe you don't need that in your life. But if you're ever going to learn it, do it right now. Yeah, you're you're right on, man, and and I agree. I, I know think, Greg's throwing some fucking Zen shit out. No, he, he's. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're definitely right on, and I I I agree about the humility and and being humble. I just I I don't. I'm extremely repelled by people who aren't that way. You know, just yes, as if like there's no human being on this earth that doesn't sit down and take a shit. You know, it's so if you're going to act like you don't, I just I don't have time for you. You know, it, I guess I guess it'd be one thing if if you were somebody like Joe Rogan and you're acting that way and you've earned it and you've you know, you've got the legions of 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 fans looking to you. I then I can kind of get that. But even he's not that way. You know, it's just it's I, I've I've not ever encountered or witnessed a person that i'm like attracted to that that behaves that way you know no so i i just for me that's the type of person that i would personally like to be that's mm -hmm. you know i like so greg i i have that in common with you that i grew up listening to a lot of punk music a lot you know kind of having this like countercultural streak and i've been a musician for my myself for a long time and knowing what what it is to be that I never understood like the rock star persona thing, like pretending, mm -hmm. pretending to be something and like wearing like makeup or whatever, playing a character like that. To me, I just have always seen like right through that. And I'm just I have no interest in that. It doesn't appeal to my like my my sense of mystery or poeticism or anything. And to me, it's just like a total bullshit construct. And I've never wanted to operate anything in my life that way. So if I can't get it by being a straightforward, a humble person, I just I don't really have an interest in it, I guess. Think about how far we've come to, because like in the 80s and we, you know, we kind of we all grew up in this era around there, you know, like in the 80s, like ego, that was the theme, if you will, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. getting the chicks, having the car, having the money, you know, and that sort of thing. And it's like now it's like. 
I mean, rock stars, it's like we, we did the, a complete 180, you know? It's like, and I, I'm, you know, you can throw out all the mysticism and all the spiritual concepts and stuff like that, but when we get down to talking about what it is to really find out who you are as a human being, it's controlling an ego. It's not letting that control you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we don't, you know, we, we can throw out the religions, spirituality, you know, Greg, you're talking about being a quote-unquote dense human being. Well, guess what? You don't have to get into major philosophy or spirituality. If you can get that thing under control, I think you can really make something in your life, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Sometimes I want some big, grand, magical thing. You know, I want to get a Ouija board out and really feel it moving beneath my fingers and really see some demon manifest before me. And then all these magicians are like, be careful what you wish for. And I'm like, yeah, great. I, I've never... I'm not, I mean, people can get scared, yeah, but I mean, how... How many people who have seen demons ended up dead? I, I just don't know. I mean, to me, I'm like, I want to see that All verifiable proof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's it's, the it's, problem. it's, like, All of it's them. a thing like it's hard to say that no one has. You know, you walk in on someone who had a heart attack. Did a demon manifest there before they did? And it's hard to say, obviously, but um, I don't know. I want to feel those things. I want to I go to Adam's calendar in South Africa and feel the energy from this circle. Uh, I, but I, I don't know. I want to go out of body, but... I'm just dense. <laughs> you know, I'm suppo- doing okay. Supposedly, there is a, maybe you've had people on your show that talk about this, Greg. But supposedly, the whole out of body thing is is just a skill. Like it's a thing that you can just learn how to do. Yeah. Um, and Tom Tom Campbell, the same guy, this the simulation theory physicist guy, uh, he wrote he wrote a book called uh, My Big Theory of Everything, and. Uh, he he's he's really fascinating. I would highly recommend having him on your show. But um, the way he kind of got his start into the whole kind of more you know esoteric occult lines of thinking was he was working for the Defense Department and his superior officer gave him a book called Trips Out of Body. And I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, uh, but he's like one of the authorities on out of body experiences. And then a short time after they actually met the author. And they started working with the author, um, doing experiments on, you know, what was actually scientifically occurring um, under out-of-body experience circumstances. So mm-hmm. that that was kind of his whole jump-off point was this out-of-body experience uh, phenomenon. And I, I've been meaning to look into those books and and see what you know what the deal is and if there's anything to it, but. I haven't. I haven't thus far. Or you could just skip all that, eat some meat, meet the love of your life, and start a successful podcast, dude. <laughs> right, that is one path. I'm. I'm too busy. I'm too busy sabotaging myself for that, man. Uh, no, you'll. You'll get it. You. Just, I don't know. You'll get it. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. I, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for hanging out for the extra hour and yeah, stuff. Man, I, I love talking me. to you guys. This has been really great. I didn't know where this was going to go, and it went everywhere, and that's awesome. So I, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I really appreciate both you guys' shows. Really love what you guys do. So keep up the great work. Keep rocking it out there. Ladies and germs, check out these guys' shows. Support, subscribe, pass them along. You know, There's a lot of great material to mull over, hours of listening pleasure. And uh, gentlemen, you guys want to give out your info one more time here? Yeah, sure. sure. Go um, for it, Greg. Uh, my show is called The Higher Side Chats. It's like the Fireside Chats with an H. Um, and you can get that at thehiresidechats.com. All that good stuff. Pretty much anywhere podcasts are find, found, you can uh, probably find it. And thanks to you, Marty. I, I had a great time, too. I, I've done several shows before. 
Um, but this is one of my my favorites. I really like I've I've liked Mike for a long time, so it's good that we could get together and and just uh, hang out for a bit. I concur. And um, if you would like to check out Midwest Reel, you can do that at MidwestReel.net um, or iTunes, Stitcher, all the all the common podcast vessels. Uh, you can follow follow me and Greg on Twitter at at the Higher Side Chat, the or just Higher Side Chats for you. Uh, on Twitter, I had to take the the out of it, so it's just Higher Side Chats. Gotcha. And and uh, I am at Midwest Reel. But but who knows how much longer that'll be, guys? I'm I'm feeling like I need to do that reboot. I'm feeling it. Hey, if you feel it, do it, man. Go with that gut. I, Don't deny the gut because the feeling. A lot of times, the feeling won't go away, and you'll just hold on to it for like six mm-hmm. months, and then you'll make the change. And you're like, your gut's like, dude, I've been telling you, you waste. You just took six months. I've been telling you, you know, we could have <laughs> done this thing. Now we'd be on to the next thing. So yeah, it's, follow that intuition. It's already been that. It's already been like six months. I just need to fucking do it. <laughs> Greg, you're like a life coach, man. It's awesome. <laughs> well, he's saying his own. He's giving himself his exactly, own advice. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. can do it. Yeah, I, dude, I've been there so many times. It's like, dude, just listen to yourself, you know? So, All right, gentlemen, thanks again. This has been awesome. Uh, let's chat again soon. Yes. Yes. Thank right, you, absolutely. man. Cool. Peace, thanks, guys. Thanks, Marty. Yep. Bye, Take guys. care. You've been listening to the Marty Leeds Mathematical Radio Hour. More information about the work of Marty Leeds can be found at martyleeds33.com. You can download his full-length studio record, Opus Medico Musica, from iTunes or Amazon.com. And be sure and check out his books, Pi and the English Alphabet, Volume 1 and 2, and The Peacock's Tales, available at martyleeds33.com and Amazon. For hours of free video, check out his YouTube channel at martyleeds33. More information about SyncBook Press, SyncBook Radio, or SyncBook Events can be found at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast, please support it by becoming a donor. You'll find the donation links under each episode on the website and consider setting up a monthly charge. Thanks so much, and though some people think it's a piece of cake, we all know it's easy as pie. With Jiffy Lube MultiCare, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes, tires, brakes, batteries, and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you.